The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and this week I am joined by the original cool co-host, <laughs> Nate Eininger. Uh, that's right, it's just me and Nate this week, and we are talking to you about Button City. Uh, Button City is a game by a developer called Subliminal, and uh, they uh, you may have seen it in the Wholesome Games Direct, or Wholesome Direct, uh, where it got pretty much top billing or like it's definitely one of the things that they were highlighting quite a bit so we'll talk about that a little bit later um but yeah button city is a how would you describe this nate adventure game yeah i think it's a uh a would that be like isometric adventure game that takes place across a variety of different dioramas and you're playing as a a adorable and just get ready i think we're probably gonna overuse the word adorable and cute and things like yeah. that a lot so uh there are only so many synonyms apologies in advance yeah yeah um that takes place uh that you you control an adorable little creature and it's a world populated with adorable other creatures and you got ourselves a classic cartoon plot like disney like children's cartoon plot not like yeah. you know like like um, this is like a like one of the Muppet movies is is this same thing, right? It, it's uh, a a story of a bunch of kids coming together to try to save their local arcade that is being bought out by evil Mister Moneybags. He wants to turn it into literally quote a big box store, uh, <laughs> and he is. I guess they're going to sell big boxes. Yeah, he is uh, cartoon evil, and you have a bunch of cartoon kids who are going to go through cartoon escapades in order to save their cartoon city. <laughs> and, and it is very, very 90s inspired. Uh, it has this very like low poly aesthetic that it's way too clean and, and you know, perfect to be, you know, you, some people might look at this and say, oh, like PS1 graphics. And it's not, it's, it's low poly, uh, flat shaded, uh, much too sort of high res for something like PS1. It doesn't have the real jankiness of that, but it is that very low poly look. Yeah. And everything about the fashion, which is a huge part, I think, of the sort of aesthetic of this game, the characters all have very cute little tiny baby bodies and they're all <laughs> wearing cute tiny little very 90s day glow fashion lots of pinks and purples and teals lots of zippers and fanny packs and cute band-aids on faces and all sorts of that kind of stuff i thought it kind of uh not uh, aesthetically but graphically um it, it kind of reminded me of like a katamari level of <laughs> of graphics and and also like these little dioramas that you enter into are populated with lots of little details that if you were pushing a, ca- a Katamari through, I think you'd be oh, yeah, picking yeah. these I things totally up see that. individually. Lots of things hanging on walls and whatnot. So I don't want to bury the lead here too much because I, I think we need to start by talking about the fact that like, I, I think this game was not really all that great. <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't do a lot of like, uh, you know, real panning reviews, 
Uh, but this was one that like I really I was really looking forward to playing this game for a few different reasons. Um, one is that, you know, I thought the aesthetic was really cute. The character models and and all of that, it you know really was the kind of it, like super cute. Like you take one look at this thing and, and it, it's dripping with cute and it's on a theme. This idea of like it, 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 it was, you know, it, it's pitched as being about about saving an arcade and it's full of arcade style mini games with a 90s flair. And I love <laughs> 90s arcade games. Yeah. Sign me up. Right. I mean, and I, I was like, OK, I want to spend time as an adorable little fox and his buddies, the cat and the little panda and whatever. And I want to spend time in an arcade playing adorable arcade games. And the game has three main arcade games that are pretty big especially one main one but like three main arcade games that are sort of pretty big parts of the story that you can play many times throughout the game um there's a, a primary game called gobabots which is a uh, I, I think it's kind of like baby's first moba um, <laughs> i'm not super familiar with mobas but like i, I the goba bots i thing, think that's I think the was- closest you could call it i i don't I don't know how you define a MOBA either, but like, I mean, it's an arena battle game. Yeah. Right. It's a game with two teams of four. It's three dimensional. You have a central thing where like a, a, in the, in this game, you're, you're, you're trying to make a smoothie. And so you're going around collecting Goba berries, fighting little bad guys and as well as the other team and trying to dunk the most goba berries into the giant blender at the center of the level. Um, it, it is, I, I really do think sort of like baby's first MOBA. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am a MOBA baby. So this was my speed. There we go. Uh, and I actually really, so as far as parts of this game, the, the actual like arcade game, that part, pretty solid yeah there there are two other games and we'll talk more about gobabots i think but there are there are two other games there's also revolution or Revolution racer which is kind of a play on um oh what's that anime racing game sort of downhill Ooh, um not gonna be helpful here <laughs> come on Nate. uh googling googling uh, uh while you look it up I'll initial just... d initial oh, okay. d um it's it's kind of like a like a riff, like an EV, like an electric vehicle riff on Initial D. It's like downhill drift based racing, although it's real simple, like yeah. really simple. There's go and boost, go boost and turn are your yeah. your three controls. Yeah, uh, and I never got good at that one. And then there's a, a pretty basic uh, sort of four note. Um, what do you call it? Like a DDR dancing rhythm yeah. game. Yeah, v- yeah, very basic sort of DDR like. Um, and I had, I had issues with both uh, Revolution Racer and uh, Prisma Beats, the 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 dancing rhythm game. Yeah, um, I'm I'm bad at yeah I'm bad at rhythm games like that already. So I mm-hmm. tried it like twice. I was like, Meh. Yeah. the so, racing game I did play several times and and ended up feeling accomplished at it. But I both of those you could literally never play and yeah yeah those don't actually feature into the story Uh, gobabots is the obsession of all of the main characters and is very featured in the story so that's why i was really excited about this game that's a great pitch right for me hold on you left out you left out one other thing that is a great pitch which is you get as kids to try to halt the ever rising tide of capitalism and so i uh you know i appreciate that in a game too oh yeah you know so i was like on paper yeah, I was all in on playing this game, and 
as you said, like we don't really do a lot of games that we don't like. Uh, but a, like a little peek behind the curtain, I guess. You know, we do a game every single week or most weeks. And every once in a while, if we do a game that we don't like, it's probably because it's somewhere in the middle. And we've committed enough time to it that we don't yeah. have that we don't have time to like redirect to another game. Generally, this show is about celebrating good yeah. games. And, but, and you know, for you me, know. it's not even so much about like that. Like, there's a there's a this was just good enough that I never felt like I've always felt like oh, this is gonna get good in just a minute. <laughs> right. It was never I, bad enough that I really felt like pulling the ripcord. Same. I played I, almost all the way to the end of this game. In fact, I. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on like the very last, yeah. like maybe ten minutes of the game. I was a little stuck trying to find one last clue, so I'm not at the actual cli- or ending, but uh, pretty sure I played the whole and game. We're or, at like the same spot, and I really think that's almost like the epilogue of the whole thing, anyway. And like, I don't know how long did this game is like eight to ten hours, depending on how yeah. much you. Yeah, prob- probably seven, uh, seven to ten. Yeah, but pro- probably more like seven. Like it's well, it's I a played short. I played a lot of the Goba bots, which we'll talk uh, about yeah. later. I, I enjoy. I I liked it. It was a thing that kept me like tied to the game. But all this to say, like this isn't a bad game. I played more of this game than many of the games that we've played over the last yeah. couple of months. It just it was it, like it was just, never it just, fun. It's, it's got a lot of really good parts, but <laughs> it's a little. It's just. It's. I mean. It's really hard to be mean to this game. It's so cute, it's guys. So cute. Like it feels so like cute. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the web page for this game right now, and Fennel the fox, the adorable little baby. They're all of their all of the characters have these proportions like fat it, babies, babies with pointy it's all babies. legs. Everyone, babies. they're all babies. They got they're giant heads, huge eyes looking up at you. And adorable. And I can't look at Fennel the fox and say your game is shit. I just and, I can't. And poor Fennel is so nervous. Always shaken. This game does some really funny things with the camera work to really highlight yeah. uh, these these dumb little babies. And uh, you know, it there's enough there. I, I bet that little little someone. cute baby cats <laughs> trying to look tough. They're called the tough fluffs. I can't I can't deal. They're so there's cute. Someone out there that this is going to be like their favorite game. Yeah, you know, there are the, probably tons of them. Yeah. Um, but like, it, yeah, where, where it really came down to it for me is like this game has a lot of ingredients that like if if it had just been a little more artfully written and a little more artfully edited, I think this could have been fantastic. Um, you know, I I loved the characters. Um, I do think that like these incredibly cutesy baby models uh, with their gigantic oversized eyes and heads made it a little hard to like they they are all very much uh you know uh, they, they feel a little samey um yeah. so and also they 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 can't while they have a number of facial expressions they they just can't emote very much and the writing never gives them much to do like the, the story is these guys are you know the, this kid fennel the fox is new in town by the way did we mention all of these characters are named after food well, they're named after spices and it's and herbs and spices, right? It's fennel, cilantro, basil, and 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 I was Cayenne, and sesame, Cay- yeah, I, I was licorice. really, I really, I was really hoping that, uh, like, if I had been able to choose my own character name, you know, the way, um, the way chicory, so like they did the same thing, but somehow <laughs> chic- chicory nailed it. And then on with uh, with this game, it made it like even almost harder to like remember who is who. It's like go find Chive. I'm like, 
Which one was Wait, Chive? Was, was Chive the cat <laughs> in the cool T-shirt with the the like fanny pack, or was Chive the adorable rabbit in a wheelchair <laughs> who, who's who, probably my char- favorite character model? By the way, Chive I think yeah, really Chive looks was great. Cool. But but yeah, yeah it was, so yeah, I agree. Hard to hard to keep track. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't have that problem in Chicory. I think it might have just been that there was more variety, like the fact that they're literally all spices and some of them are like a little more obscure spices yeah. made it a little harder to keep track. Like, I don't know what Sorrel is, but Sorrel is one of your, your main characters. I had and to Google that one outside of a couple of the kids. All of them are generally interchangeable. You know, they're, they're all like, you know, it's cartoon care. It's like, you know, Sunday morning cartoon characters or whatever. This is the bad one. This is the friend of the bad one. This is the friend of the friend of the bad one. You know, like I don't, they, they were impossible to really remember who is, who is who and, and why they even matter. Cause there's not a lot of character development going on except yeah. for <laughs> some really specific attempts at like, some character development that was surprisingly not dark's not the right word for it, but there's a couple moments where you can tell the game is trying to ground itself a little bit uh, that I I liked, but it was, it was almost so rare that it really stood out in a way that like didn't feel like it matched exactly, you know, like, yeah, uh, the, the primary conflict of this game, which honestly was one of the things that actually like so the primary primary conflict of the game is that the, they're going to shut down the arcade and and there's various um, childish hijinks to try to stop it and most of those are so like baby cartoon stuff on the face of it that like I, obviously this game is very cutesy and so like having like very silly cartoon plots is not necessarily a mark against it yeah but well let's when, just say when, one of them because you know I don't yeah, know how many people yeah. are so like one of them. Is that in order to stop Mr. Moneybags? Literally, his name. No, well, no, it's Mr. Pepperbottom, but they call him Mr. Moneybags. They call him Mr. Moneybags. But um, they they decide to dress up the arcade with like spooky items in order to make Mr. Moneybags think that the place is haunted. And yeah, exactly no longer, the example I was going to go for. Yeah, well, it's and, the most cartoony, and it, you know, and, and, it's, and it's fine, but it's fine. But if you're just putting spiders on the arcade machines, and well, it, it's 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 like it's all fetch quests because it, yeah. you know you're, this this comes down to like okay, we need to go around town and collect some various things to use as as spooky decorations, and that basically means like teleport every every character has they can teleport, teleport. it's crazy. they can all teleport <laughs> everyone they, can teleport <laughs> yeah i mean and i guess that's important if you live in a in a world that is a bunch of tiny dioramas suspended floating in a cloudscape yeah. uh, which is very cool looking we could talk about the art maybe a little more in a minute but yeah. like that is like I, that is a really cool look and i i loved it um and the teleport thing i i think it's fine it's neat they all carry these weird little robot pet pet bots that are their cell phones and also teleporters and they all teleport around and it's treated and it's as, a part of the world part of the, they, part of it. they yeah. like they use it and it has like a plot important element that everyone can just boop teleport out away yeah they which had is, some word for it i forget what it was it wasn't uh, teleporting it was like zoom blipping or, or, blipping or something, or something. Yeah. but it's so funny that like everyone's playing these like 
you know, really bottom barrel graphics video games, and then also able to like literally teleport anywhere. You know, you know they, can't, they, don't, they don't have any games on those pocket robot teleporters <laughs> they're all carrying around. You have to go to the arcade if you want to play yeah. a video game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where were we? The, the the some of these plots, like w- what worked for me in the story, are the interactions between the two quote unquote gangs, they were not bad. Like not, you know, not high art, not great. I wasn't like moved by any of these stories, but like the, the confrontations between these two teams of Gobabot players, the, uh, the, the, um, Oh, what was, sorry. What was the main fluff squad and the fluff squad and and the tough tough fluffs. (laughs) Right. And these are two gangs of children that, that are vying to be the top players of this game in this arcade against each other. That was really cute and funny. And I, I especially liked the tough fluffs because I, you know, I, it definitely worked on me. These incredibly adorable characters trying to act tough, like they're like toughness, greaser, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're trying to model like greasers wearing pleather jackets. Yeah. Trying, you know, it very cute. I, I liked that quite a bit. Um, but every time they directed their attention towards trying to stop the sale of the arcade, I don't know. Something about that storyline just didn't really work for me. And eventually it does finally try to get a little bit serious when it uh, it does explain why uh, Mr. Button or whatever his real name is, who runs the Button City uh, arcade uh, is selling. And it has a little bit of a little bit of seriousness to that moment where the the kids have to confront a real world situation for adults. Right. Um, well, that's what I was but talking about earlier, then, too, though, because the relationship between Finnell and his mom is also like, yeah. you know, you get the idea yeah. that there, Finnell- there's a dream sequence where she she tells him you're why he left uh, yeah. about his absent father. And like, that's just dropped into this story like a little tiny bomb. It doesn't never address. I'm like, this is so it's so strange. The dream. It's like a. <laughs> like a mad, not a. Uh, uh, I mean, so I'm I'm a knight in the woods and chicory yeah, fan. I yeah. like my uh, like story about stories about adorable anthropomorphic animals to have a sense sure. of realness to them. A knight sense in the of woods, darkness, is the perfect balance. Right, right, and yeah, knight in the woods, perfect, perfect balance. Um, this has none of that, and part of that is because this is a game about literal children. All of these <laughs> characters are supposed to be like ten or something, right? Um, and that's just not the kind of story this is wanting to tell, but it doesn't have much else. Like I also love children's cartoons and you can have real stories. And ch- I've watched a lot of Steven universe. I'm currently working my way through the owl house on, on Disney plus like these are, I love children's programming that has a story to tell. And this yeah. could have done that, but it has the most incredibly boring story well that so that's the biggest problem of this game to me and and that's it right there you just talk about almost all of this game is watching these kids talk to each other which is not generally very interesting because it's children talking to each other yeah and they have maybe occasionally cute things to say but it never it's It's like never haha funny yeah it's always kind (laughs) of it's almost always just like okay okay yep like wow Uh yep your Uh kids talking to each other yep it's kids and then you have a fetch quest, which has you just go to another place that you've already been, find the little item on the ground or on the wall or 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 some like, I wouldn't even call them puzzles, 
the things you have to do to get to the other things yeah. that are that are Go like get a bicycle wheel. Okay, teleport to the place where they have bicycle wheels lying around. Pick one up, come back. Or you got to pull the switch <laughs> on the wall to to expose the way to get to the bicycle wheel. But it's never a challenge. It's like no puzzles. Yeah. It's right there. Or like you know, there's one where it's like, oh, there's two levers you have to pull, but one of the levers is broken. And they're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, I bet there's one around here. And then, like, the closest thing. <laughs> there's a to, lever in a box. It's right year. there. And, and it, like, it almost made me think, like, is this a game for children? Not just about it, it children. It very well. I mean, like, and that, not shitting on it if it is. Like, that, like, this could be, like, this could definitely be played by kids. It, this could be could kids' be. first adventure game. But if it is a game for kids, nothing about the way that it's been marketed or the the vibe around it has been that this is for kids. It's supposed to be at least the way I understood you know, kid, it. Kids don't need '90s nostalgia. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the '90s a, nostalgia play here is like this is a game for adults who want to remember being kids. Yes, exactly. Is the vibe. So I so think. so then it can't be a game that is for kids. At, it's not it's, not for kids, but it's not only for kids, right? But they're not going to care. Like it right. is like the nostalgia of these like games and all that is what it's aiming at. So I don't know. It just like that. This what I was saying uh, right out of the gates on this is that like this game is mostly just boring, and that's what's disappointing about it because there's like the all, we talked about it at the beginning of it. All the ingredients are there for this to be so good. And the one thing that I did not think was boring, the thing that I thought was actually enjoyable, and actually the thing that. I, I was into this game for the first like hour or two is the is the MOBA game because out of the gates mm-hmm. the game like I I, and I think I put this in our Discord, but about an hour in I wrote this is like Pyre but for children because early on <laughs> early yeah, I forgot early yeah. on and I meant it because early on in the game you have a couple early matches of this Gobabots game where you're playing the tough squad, the tough yeah, fluffs. The tough fluffs, yeah. And the world is reacting to the fact that you either won or you lost. And like if you win, you know, it, it's like everyone is talking about it and it seemed to me to set off a chain of events based off of the fact that my team had won. And I was thinking and, like and, and I'm totally down for a story in which yes. like it, there's a game that is the most important thing in the world to all of these characters right. and, 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 you know, high stakes uh, in the tiny world of this arcade. And, and I like, thought that's that, great. Exactly. And that was cool. And I was like, Ooh, I'm into this. Like, just like Pyre, I want to be good at the game in order to have like a good outcome in the real world. Yeah. I want to really show those tough. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I want to beat up these children. And so like, I, I was like, I was kind of into it. And, and then there's like four hours of this game where you are never compelled to play the Gobabots game. And now you you can go around and like challenge anyone in the in the in the world to to doing a, a match of Gobabots, but all that it does is reward you with money and and tickets to give you more stuff to be good at Gobabots, but you are never compelled to play the game and also yeah for there's some like, reason like maybe like four i think critical gobobots matches that are not skippable. and there is like 
four hours of content in between. There's four hours of fetch quests or just like literally cut. Like there's an entire mini game, not game, mini scene in this game that is just watching another game that someone made that you have like almost no control over. But anyway, Oh, you're talking about the, the, like the little sort of like visual novel. Yeah. It, Look, I, like, I, I, I like, I don't, I don't hate that. I love that. Okay. Actually. That's cool. I, that to me was like the icing on the cake of like, I have, there's nothing in this game matters because I'm yeah, just, okay. That, I mean, I can totally see why like that. And that I agree. Like there's a lot of like real long stretches of like watching mm, fine scenes play out and then occasionally having to like teleport off somewhere to pick up three items and come yeah. back. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like I, I will say that like that was actually a highlight that. Okay. Was well, that's cool. So because, because like, and now just to set up what I'm talking about there, like one of the people on your squad, uh, lavender, the Panda, um, he's such a, is that, wait, is, what is lavender's gender? I don't want to miss. Yes. She, her, sorry. All these characters are like visually completely genderless. Uh, and so I had a hard time remembering their pronouns. Apologies to lavender. Lavender is such a fan of Gobabots that she makes like Dojin games based on the Gobabots oh. characters. And so you play through her entire, like, I guess sort of like, dating sim-esque uh visual novel where well it's of like course you loved it now it's all, all of the uh <laughs> all of the goba bots are in a high school and you have to choose which one of them to like hang out with and i thought that was super charming and then it it plays into a couple of scenes that happen for her later where you know she gets up the courage to go yeah. to some kind of goba bots cosplay meetup at the park and you you encourage her to do that. That's the kind of stuff that happens in these characters' side quests, and and I loved that actually. That was like a yeah. highlight. I liked the metaphor of it. I did not like the execution of it, but you know, but it, it, that's cool. Yeah, I that mean, you, you know, whether you're you know. willing to sit through like a a forty minute uh, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, actual little mini visual novel in the yeah. middle of your adventure game peppered with arcade games is yeah, like maybe you will have the patience for that, and maybe you won't. I just wanted to play more Gobabots, and what's also funny too is that they because the whole. These kids are obsessed with Gobabots. Everything mm-hmm. comes back to Gobabots. So I really expected to, you know, be, play, a lot, of play a lot of Gobabots. So I I did. I played a lot. I went around and uh, and challenged people because it was the most fun part of the game for me. So I did that. But what's funny, too, is that before your first match, they do this whole little scene where you have to get your Gobabot. And not that there's, like, dramatic differences, but there are Gobabots that are more powerful than other ones. Mm-hmm. And some of them have, like, and ranged or the, melee attacks. Yeah, different abilities, different things. It's it's kind of fun. Like, I like it's it. It's cute, yeah. And yeah. You, collect, you can collect, like, 12 of them, I think, and they're... But they give you the most powerful one as the first one. Yeah, <laughs> so that is a little broken. So there's no... There, like I was just playing it because I liked yeah, and playing I, I it. I never had any trouble. Like honestly, no. the like the I, I also like you liked the Gobabots gameplay, but like, and I didn't go around playing every single person I could find who was willing to play Gobabots with me for a couple of reasons. But like, I didn't ever really find Gobabots that hard. The tough luffs, tough as they are, are pushovers at Gobabots. No. Yeah, it's um, it's very silly. There's there is no other than those random emotional elements of. The, that they try to drop in. There's never actually any stress or problems in this game. All the way down to the Gobobots, you almost always 
are going to win and probably by a good margin. Now, there are some people that I encountered in the challenges where it's like, oh, I only won by, you know, three points instead of like 30. Yeah, like yeah. a lot, you know, and but that was still like, I don't know, like it's fun. It's literally a three minute MOBA. And yeah. like that was appealing and, and it was fun and I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I just like to bring this all back, like they set up the whole game. You know, I, I, I never really look too much like marketing or expectations. I just play the games and mm. they set up the beginning of this game to really feel like playing GoBabots is going to be an instrumental element of this game. And it's going to and like winning or losing is going to have an impact on the world. And maybe that's my fault for misreading the situation, but like it couldn't be further from the truth. Like you, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters if you win or you lose. I'm sure there's dialogue, you know, that's like slightly different if you, if you lose rather than win. Uh, and you don't have to play any of these games and every game is, if you do in the rare occasion have to play it, it's like three minutes. So really this is a game. This is a like, visual novel fetch quest adventure game with like moments of a little optional arcade game. And like, I, it just, I wish that balance was a little bit more. Just give me, if, if there was like a GoBabots match that had some degree, more stakes, more time spent in the arcade would have, I think done better for this. Less fetch quests. But Fiddle has never been to the arcade before. And then in, in within like six hours is like, I've committed my life to the, you know, there, I wish there was a little bit more of like tying everyone to the arcade. It just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it was, it, I don't know. I, I just wa- wish, yeah. And, I, and the, the, the writing, like, I just really wish there'd been more here. Like it, it there's, there's, yeah. these are, there's good bones here that like, it just needed better, better flesh on those bones. Not to get, <laughs> I don't know graphic with yeah. the tortured metaphor, but like you, okay. So you mentioned you mentioned the way this game was marketed didn't necessarily do it any favors, and and that's like that's a, another interesting aspect that I thought might be worth talking about with this game. Um, first of all, it gave it gave me no pleasure to shit on this game. Uh, this this is like you know this is like a five out of ten for me, which is like yeah, you know I do not recommend this game, but. I think there's a lot of lovely, cute things about it, and and something about the conversation we just had uh, felt a little bit like pushing over a toddler. You know, it just <laughs> well, it's it's, like, it, I, it almost comes like we had this. We already talked about this, but like this is closer to a game for kids than a game for adults, which then makes you feel really bad. Of like, it does. It makes me feel really bad to shit on this game because like it is so cute. There is good. So to your point that you said a moment ago, like we both have small children. And now I spend a considerable amount of time engaging in children's media. There is good children's media that is compelling and interesting and not just stuff like Steven Universe. It's kids media, but that's really aimed at like a a crossover between kids and adults. You know, there's like like, that's like. Um, you know, younger grades, but not like toddler media. Yeah. And they all know that like. 80% 80% of their fan base are adults, right? Like, th- like it's, I, I, d- I don't agree with you on that. I think the, the, the Steven universe and other, you know, shows like it, their, their, their fan bases skew younger than you think. Maybe, but, maybe, but, um, at the very least, it's like teenagers. It's not children, but anyway, uh, 
even stuff that is aimed directly at like five-year-olds, there is good stuff for Mm five-year-olds that is compelling that the five-year-old is like compelled by. And then there's like trash, right? And I won't call this trash because it's not, but it's not on that compelling compelling. side either. It's just right in the middle. You're just like, I want to like this so bad. And so that's I don't why, think, yeah, that's I don't why think we were like, it was riding that line that yeah. whole, the whole time I was playing this. Like I, you know, if it had been, if it had been worse by even not a little bit, you know, just a little bit worse, I think we would have pulled the ripcord faster and we yeah. wouldn't be talking about it today, but it also like, it was good enough that like it kept me going. And, and yeah, yeah. I, again, I, like I played like eight hours of this game and that's a lot for me. Like we're normally, you know, way less unless it's a roguelike that I can just, you know, play like a hundred hours of like, I'm never that, you know, that far into this game. And it just, it just is constantly disappointed. But anyway, you want to talk about wholesome. We want to talk about the, yeah. 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 So, so the other thing I wanted, I thought this might be a, you know, interesting way into a conversation was like, and we talked about this a little bit on the discord a while ago. um, Because first of all, to set, set this up, this is, you know, we, I mentioned this game uh, was featured heavily in the wholesome direct and um, wholesome games or uh, wholesome direct. I'm not sure whether they like the organization quote unquote is actually called wholesome direct, um, wholesome direct and their, their various Twitter and Instagram accounts and whatnot are a sort of independent volunteer run thing. I think it basically started as like a popular Twitter account where somebody was just highlighting games that they thought were wholesome. And it spun from that into being a thing. And you probably, you know, if you're, uh, you keyed in on the sort of indie game landscape. You probably heard about the wholesome direct, which was like June of this year. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's the first one they've done things like this before, although that this one was like really high profile and it happened around, I guess, E three ish times. And um, you know, because there were not a lot of like big announcements having a big, uh, a big, basically um video event that that took the form of the same sort of vibe of the Nintendo directs, um, but featuring a bunch of games uh, that are quote unquote wholesome uh, indie games. Uh, it, it got a lot of attention. And I think it's actually a really good thing for the indie game you know, scene uh, to have this kind of thing happen. Um, but there's something about this that has also really rubbed me the wrong way. And it's hard to really explain why. And so I kind of wanted to talk through, like, first of all, like, what is Wholesome Direct and Wholesome Games? And then a little bit of, like, why I've had this strange, like, even though, like, (laughs) there's a lot to like about this. And I have this weird discomfort with it. Um, And, like, what's that about? Well, Reagan, I'm here to listen. (laughs) You know, I've said numerous times at this point that I tend to generally avoid a lot of games press and not out of any sort of like pretentious thing. I just, I, I just don't engage with it a lot. And I actually think it's good for my role on the show is to like go into games with as little like pre existing knowledge as possible. I try to just play it like for what it is as a game. So I'm aware of wholesome games as a, as a thing but honestly, you've been educating me a little bit as to like the degree of the like branding that is wholesome games. And I'll say from the outside, I don't know, it seems fine. So what is, you know, <laughs> what, what is your, why is it bugging you? Let's talk, let's talk okay, it. Okay. Okay. So like, 
<laughs> first of all, I want to say that like uh, when this started really when the wholesome direct thing started really blowing up in advance of the the big event and i started looking this this up and just hearing about wholesome direct and wholesome games constantly on twitter and other places um i had an initial sort of knee-jerk like uh response um like this is separate from the games themselves i'm talking exclusively about the the sort of vibe of the way these games are being promoted as a thing. Um, and I'm saying also now, like right up front that this was a me response. This is like a, but I just thought it was interesting. And I, I, I did a lot of thinking about why I felt this way and I've come down in some interesting places on it, I think. But like when I hear the word wholesome, right. Um, you know, wholesome as a, as a word, this is just a word thing for me is like, uh, very much tied into like ideas about, quote unquote, family values, right? And like uh, things being wholesome ha- means that necessarily there are other things that are unwholesome, right? And like the the word wholesome is, is very tied into this idea of like physical and mental well-being, right? Um, wholesome means, you know, promoting well-being in the body, right? Like, um, and so this idea that like this, there's this, you know, this group that is promoting games that are primarily identifiable by um, basically like they don't have like a, here's our checklist of what is required to be a wholesome game. And if you go to their website, they have an FAQ and I'm going to talk about some of the things on their FAQ in a minute. I think it's actually really well-written. They do a great job of explaining themselves. Um, But like if I had to sort of glance at the games that they that were a part of their events and that they highlight on their Twitter account and say like, what is a wholesome game? It'd basically be games that have cute aesthetics uh, that are mostly nonviolent and that are uh, you know, coming from uh, indie developers. They especially seem to be trying to uh, now this is probably separate from like what makes it wholesome, but I think is also important to them as an organization highlighting games that are um, made by uh, marginalized developers. Um, so basically Small indie games, very cute aesthetics, going for hugging, not shooting, you know, that kind of thing. And the idea that, like, here's a bunch of games that are, and, you know, this is also a me thing, but, like, some of this also leads a little too far into the, like, uh, you know, small doggo pupper kind of thing. Rather, you know, like, it, it, some of these just seem to be trying really hard on the on the like cute aesthetics trying to use that as appeal that you know maybe they don't have appeal that like like for some of these games obviously there's a lot of really good there's a they've got a huge catalog of games that they've highlighted on their twitter account and there's a number of games huge number of games in this in this direct um and you know there's only so much you can tell from marketing and from uh from a trailer but like it really felt like you know, th- th- this was a to me at the time. It felt like this was a, a, a bunch of games that are being highlighted and sold on their cute aesthetic, um, right? And that uh, associating a cute aesthetic and lack of violence with with wholesomeness, and and by by contrast, sort of implying the unwholesomeness of other types of games. Um, and, you know, the it just it just really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> so you, your concern is that they're exploiting a vibe t- 
to move units rather than uh I don't think, yeah know. and I, I never I never thought it was as mercenary as that like it's obviously an independent you know volunteer um and you know who can who can uh cast shade on people trying to bring eyes to small indie game projects like I don't think they're just trying to move units like I never really thought that but I did think it was like it felt like an excess of a certain type of vibe that might be a little bit overdone <laughs> um and it, it i mean you know i the thing is like that that was my initial knee-jerk reaction was like this was something that like i normally i am into cute games i love cute things i really love cute things i love indie games i love cute indie games um but it, it felt like I, I felt less interested in playing these games at, on first glance because of the just it's like it you know, a single cute indie game in isolation is oh cute that has a you know a cute yeah. cute vibe 40 cute indie <laughs> games back to back just made me feel like i wanted to like I, I i wanted to like see red somehow it just it just it didn't, <laughs> you've gone oh. all the way back around it was so wholesome you've gone to anger so it sounds like your initial thought was like wholesome it, it, yeah. The anger or the concern is it's like these are wholesome games, onward Christian soldiers. Uh, right. But like instead, but I don't know that that's what they're doing in execution. No. So so like it's especially not, if they're not, focusing it, on marginalized developers, right? It's a right. good thing, right? So like you know I, I I see your point of that like and like they they could have used less freighted words too like they could have called these cozy games i've seen a lot of people use cozy as an but you know any word you choose for something like this is going to exclude some part of these games there's games right in the wholesome direct that aren't cozy they're still cute in some way or other but they're not cozy um but like there's like they say you know games uh, uh that, that the developer who started this Twitter account that became this thing was curating games according to their feelings of comfort, compassion, and coziness. And, like, that's... You can't argue with comfort, compassion, and coziness, I guess, but, like... The, mm, I don't yeah. know. Something about this just... You know, you, you understand me, right? Like, I, I, I can't truly explain my feelings here. It, it's just... It's just a knee-jerk, like... Yeah. Uh, I, I think if... Your concern of the approach of 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 promoting wholesomeness as potentially meaning that they're promoting that sort of like good family values is is a is a legitimate concern. I had not thought of it that way. I guess I have not tied like wholesome to I, to yeah. that. To I that I think I just I I just think I have associations with the word wholesome. Yeah. That it, are it, like very tied into like feelings of like personal resentment towards yeah, things yeah. like Which the religious fair. right. Yeah, and, for sure, for sure. And that's what, you, you know, know it's focus was, on the family, play wholesome games, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. And I think that's so, fair, okay. you know. And and so here here's the thing. Like they have thought of this, right? Yeah. I'm not the only person who felt this way. They had a little bit of backlash on, on you know, uh, uh, about this, and some of that backlash from people that I would not want to be associated with. Backlash <laughs> for reasons that I think are completely invalid and maybe even bigoted. So, like, I don't, I don't come at this from a position of thinking like, wow, these wholesome games people are are shit, right? But like, I did want to talk about that reaction that I had because I also wanted to highlight how they responded to that, which yeah. I thought 
not they're not responding to me it's like i wasn't out here like on twitter like railing against wholesome games or whatever but like they, there there were other people that felt like i did and other people who felt weird about wholesome games in other ways that i don't so much align with but um <laughs> i can i can uh this uh, what i will say is this again I, at the beginning i said i ignore games press mostly for like self like journalistic purposes not out of any like avoidance or pretension however i will say everything that you're saying right now does make me glad that i mostly avoid things like <sighs> this <laughs> yeah okay so a couple things like their their faq um and i don't i don't i'm not going to read every bit of this you can go to the wholesome wholesomegames.com and scroll down past the gigantic uh gallery wall of of you know little game posters and you'll find their faq it's at the bottom of the page and it's easy to find and and it's uh it's really in-depth and having read it i i went in with my you know deflector shields up right sure and having read it i came away feeling a lot better great about about this thing and i'm just i, I am going to read some of it here um, okay sorry if this doesn't make good podcasting but i think that it's i think it's worth hearing some of their words about the wholesome direct. So first of all, what makes a game wholesome? And their response it is part of their FAQ. Uh, that's up to you to decide. It's subjective, and we don't want to pretend that it isn't. Something we've always tried to be mindful of is that what looks wholesome to one person might not be look wholesome to someone else. If a game is cute and cozy but contains harmful stereotypes, is it wholesome? We say no. If a game is violent, but that violence is about overthrowing an oppressor, is that unwholesome? We say no. I can tell you I don't think there's any violent games about overthrowing oppressors in their direct, but okay, fair. Just uh, none of them have been cute yet. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> the opinions presented by our curation are just that one group's opinions. The question of what makes a game wholesome is one that comes up again and again in our community. And while common themes sometimes emerge from those conversations, we think it devalues the discussion to suggest that there's ever going to be a comprehensive final answer, which fair. I feel like this is not an answer. What makes a game wholesome? Eh? But also <laughs> it does sort of, indicate that they've thought about this question sure and then okay but i hate the word wholesome and when i saw this on their faq i was like ah finally they're addressing me personally yeah. um and and their response was honestly so do we sometimes toxic positivity is a real problem and lots of words and ideas like wholesome or family values have been warped into dog whistles and harmful purity tests or yeah. used to dismiss serious concerns we want to make absolutely clear that our values are diametrically opposed to these uses, and we can only hope that's reflected in our work. Well, there you Great go. Response, right? Great response. Yeah. Uh, I still don't like the word wholesome. Sure. I would yeah. rather they rename it. Are <laughs> um, non next thing on their questions? Are non wholesome games bad? Not at all. Wholesome games is not a synonym for good games, and we believe every type of game can and should coexist, including scary and violent games that we don't curate. Every game fills a niche, and while our group focuses on highlighting games in those niches, we all play and love games that aren't part of the genre, too. Fair. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Are wholesome games political? We believe everything, especially the media we create and consume, is political. We actively avoid hateful content, bigotry, and developers who have, uh, who have been exploitative or otherwise abusive, and we encourage developers to use their voices to support worthy causes. Sometimes it's a radical act to make dark and upsetting art, and sometimes it's a radical to make hopeful art in times of adversity. Great. Okay. I'm not going to read any more of their stuff here, but like I... Yeah. I think I, that's I think good. This is, I, it, I think this is fine. Um, they started so, a Twitter account that got really, really big with a word they chose. And, you know, like, I bet if they could go back, they might pick a different word because it sounds like they've been questioned a lot. But it yeah. sounds like they're 
thinking about the all of it appropriately. Yeah. So, and you know, do I think every single game presented in the wholesome direct looks good? No, there's some things in there that I'm definitely not interested in playing, but there's some in there that really I am. Uh, there's some good bird content. Oh yeah. Always We're for, always, always up for bird content. Get that discord. We are that the channel that I think is the long, longest living is bird week forever. Yeah, uh, man. Bird yeah. week. This has inspired me, Reagan. I think I'm going to start a whole. Uh, I'm going to start a new Twitter and my own event, and it's going to be. I'm thinking the jazzy direct, and I just want to see what sort of bullshit I get myself into online. <laughs> like, what other adjectives that are like super loaded that everyone, like, no one is going to agree on. Uh, I, I think there's a mar- I think there's a market for this now, and and uh, this group has figured it out. Yeah. So I, anyway, that's that's been my journey on wholesome games, which I'm uh, I still have some uh, I still have some deflector shields up about this uh, as a as a description of a quote unquote genre, which it isn't. I dislike it being discussed as a genre, um, but as an organization, I think these people are fine um, and they are highlighting games that I think are interesting, or at least some of them are. So like, you know. Thumbs up. Um, and it's a bummer that I wasn't more into uh, Button City, but like, you know, it, it it had everything going for it. And I'm definitely continuing to keep an eye on games from Wholesome Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do we have anything else to talk about or do we want to go to what's making us happy this week? No, I feel like we're just going to repeat ourselves about Button City. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Check it out if it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. We didn't you tell know. this at the we didn't talk about this at the top. Uh Button City's out on everything. It came out today. Um oh, so we uh we played it via uh codes provided by the publisher. Thank you to the, the publisher of Button City. We uh <laughs> hope they continue to give us codes. Yeah. Uh thanks guys. Um <laughs> the uh the the game is out on Steam, uh it's on itch.io, uh it's on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's on it's PlayStation it. and Xbox consoles, and there there is a place for this game. Uh, I would say if you have a kid in your life who wants to play their first adventure game, uh, and maybe you want to help them a little bit through the MOBA, this is a game that might be fun sure. to play along with them. Yeah. Um, not for me, but uh, and but I I you know I had some fun in my seven ish hours with the game, so um, you know there it is. Uh, oh, and it's uh, twenty bucks on all the platforms I mentioned. That made me think of something that I thought about a couple times through this game, which I've never thought about in another game, which is, I wonder if this game would have benefited from some degree of voice acting. Mm, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. I normally don't want voice acting in games like this that have a lot of text, but um, considering our difficulty of differentiating everything it might have been nice and aid in the Mm. like cartoon element of it it might have been nice Mm. if the characters had some would have been incredibly expensive it's not a huge cast but you know there's at least 10 major characters of course and voice and there's so much talking there's a lot would have been possible to to voice so so i understand that that you know that might not yeah. be they, a reasonable. They got the uh, like sim simlish or Animal Crossing Wawas, I think, right? Like they got yeah, some yeah. sounds that they put in Texas, kind of. But it's yeah, maybe maybe some way to distinct. Yeah, I, I agree though. Like there is a sameness to the characters that's just sort of part and parcel of making all of the characters look yeah. like gigantic babies. And you know what? That- on on, uh, on 
adding in another unrealistic request. Let's get some online server support for Goba bots. Let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nate, you know, I, you know what this tells me? I think you just need to play MOBAs. Uh, this actually made me think a lot. This came out, uh, came out the same week as everyone is talking about the new Pokemon. I know. MOBA. I need to play it. I, I've, I downloaded it. I actually downloaded Button City and Pokemon uh, Unite, Unite at, at the same time I'm together. And I, again, Button City was enough to keep me going to keep playing it like 19 different times. I was like, I'm just going to close this and play Pokemon Unite. But like, no, I'm going to, you know, play, keep playing Button City. Yeah. Like Pokemon Unite is probably like, if Button City is like, or Gobobots is like baby's first MOBA, um, Pokemon Unite sounds like it's more like uh, Pokemon Tween's first MOBA. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like a good place to start for MOBA Neophytes, which has had me kind of interested in it. I, I would probably have already downloaded it, except I'm kind of allergic to the games with the sort, that sort of monetization. So I've kind of stayed away for that reason. I also don't play a lot of online anything. I played League of Legends a, a fair amount pretty early on and ultimately... I uh, was this almost never happens to me but it was so bad and i know it's better now but the the community was so toxic wow. in in game that i was like i just i don't want to be a part of this and then i also played the um the blizzard one uh i oh is it heroes of the storm heroes of the storm and i enjoyed that uh but i also i've only got time in my life for one infinite repeatable game at a time and i just like anything that has that online element where you're going to commit to like an hour uh here's the storm is better but league it's like if you really want to play you're like i'm gonna sit and do exactly this for an hour yeah and yeah that's, that's like, why i was so interested know. i mean they, more interested than i've been in any other moba just right like somebody said pokemon, pokemon unite like 10, 10 minute, minute matches yeah, there's minute. a there's a timer they're 10 and, minute matches and heroes of the storm is usually like 20 to 25 um you know plus or minus but um but yeah i i'm i'm open like i like i like the idea and the in the uh intent of mobas um i i like i generally like online multiplayer mm-hmm. games just yeah I, i've it, never played one you know. so i i you know let's do pokemon unite for our next game <laughs> oh no don't do this to me nate <laughs> No, let's do Let's do. You know what the world needs is more coverage of League of Legends. Let's our, let's get me and you and, and Shane and Laura and we'll do a League uh, episode. I don't think people know about that game and how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we've converted the show uh, over to only covering uh, free to play. Uh, it's a big market. It might be time yeah. to pivot. It might be time to pivot. <laughs> well, um, with that, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- <laughs> I don't know how to transition away from MOBA Talk Corner, uh, new new for the show. But uh, let's do what's making us happy this week. Since it's just the two of us, this should be pretty quick, right? So, Nate, what's making you happy this week? I'm going to steal one from Laura because oh, no. I know this is a- – welcome to Laura Corner featuring Nate. Um, I'm going to talk about a <laughs> – I'm going to talk about a show that's on Apple TV – that uh, Molly and I started watching. And the last episode of the first season comes out in a few days. Uh, it's called Schmigadoon. <laughs> Terrible name. title. I just no. hate the title. Oh, it's great. I love Look, it. I know, I know vaguely what Brigadoon is, but like, 
come on like i don't know I, like i know what they're getting at with the title but like i don't know i heard that title i was like that doesn't sound that oh, sounds man. gross to say see this is where like we're it. different Sh- i was like shmi shmegmadu oh well it's don't just, say don't it like, no one says it that way that's you again Sh- this is it just it sounds bad to me i don't like the uh, you, you i'm sure the, it's a great show please please tell me why it's great and this, why i should get over the fact that the sound sa- the sound of the title the sound of the title gets into my brain and makes me think of like wet cheese this whole episode is turned into this is a reagan problem um, it is it is i've got a lot of, i'm you know this show is therapy thank you for for being here for me uh all right so um schmigadoon what is it it is a show <laughs> god you people you, no one can reagan is making a i hate it reagan is making a face that is he's leaning in it's <laughs> i don't like the show anymore now often <laughs> i win i win <laughs> please continue god. i'm sorry for being an asshole um no it's a good bit. Uh, so it is a show where um, Keegan Michael Key and Cecily Strong are a couple, and they are fighting, and they decide to go to a like a couples retreat, you know, like a super hokey couples retreat to find themselves and rekindle their love, and they end up going like in the woods, taking a turn, getting lost, and finding themselves in the town of Schmigadoon. And the the town of Schmigadoon is a like a real life musical, so it's this like weird town that takes place in the time setting of like Sound of Music or Music Man, um, like where a lot of the you know the the first big musicals all take place, and the show itself is set up like a musical. And so if you've watched shows like uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's kind of like that. There's a there's several songs in every single episode, but it's all super self-aware and referential to actual musical. There are characters that are or musicals. There are characters that are like direct like ripouts from very famous musicals. And basically, Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong are stuck in a town that is a existing real musical. So the town is always bursting into song. Their problems are like cliche problems from musicals. Uh, and the way they solve things are like cliche things from musicals. And it's really, really... Uh, if you are a fan of musical theater, I, like this is made for you. It's like it is. And so this is why I'm stealing one from Laura. Uh, this show is like made by and for people who are deeply into musical theater. That said, it's has a relatively modern comedic aesthetic. A lot of the people involved are, I mean, it's, you know, it's Keegan, Michael key from key and peel mm-hmm. and Cecily strong from, SNL and there's like a ton of people all around it that are like modern, very famous comedy people. So it is got more modern adult humor that is very funny and very strange and very weird on top of this layer of this musical aesthetic from like the fifties or whatever. And it's it's just really really funny and it's great and there's been a number of good 
musical shows over the last few years. I already said Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Gallivant was a fantastic show. Yeah, Gallivant was the first thing I thought of when you started yeah. talking about this. And I, I really liked you, – you suggested that to me, I think. Yeah, and I really I love, enjoyed Gallivant. Gallivant's probably one of my favorite shows of the last, like, 10 years. And and this, I think, slots right in that thing where, like, the songs are going to be funny. The Everyone's going to do just a great job. And then it ha- this one is – is directly like musical theater reference, you know, a ton of like, like there are direct references to multiple musicals that everyone would know. And then if you're into that stuff, it's even better. Uh, so yeah, it's on Apple TV. I really, really like it. Uh, it's, it's been fun. It's a, it's a fun, fun show. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to give that a shot. Um, I have, Oh, I mean, you know, speaking of Apple TV comedies, um, this is not my main thing this week. But uh, the new season of Ted Lasso started a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, I've been enjoying getting back into that show. I, I almost said I really that, like that too. Um, I think the the first season of Ted Lasso is maybe in my like top 10 favorite like it's season really seasons yeah. of it's TV. It's like 10 episodes, which is like really manageable. And it's Reagan, I would really- argue it's a wholesome TV show. Um, moving oh, on. Oh, God. So uh, <laughs> no. I think season two, it's a little more contrived. But they kind of have to because they like wrapped up like every single thing from season one in season one. So it's a little more contrived, but it's very funny and I I love it. That's yeah. I feel like you know, I've only watched the first. I think I've watched the first three episodes, which I think is all that's out at this yeah. point. But like, and by the way, like I'm I'm so unused now to like waiting a week for every episode of a show. Like I'm I don't do that anymore. I know I don't watch shows week to week anymore. The idea yeah. that like I've watched three episodes on. You mean I can't watch a fourth they're one? Bringing now? It, like, they're bringing it back. Disney's got its claws in all of us with the uh, constant slow drip of Marvel stuff now, and that's been a huge success. So we're going right back to it. Weekly episodes. It's we really, cut it's the, really weird. We cut the cord, and now we just have like 14 different cords attached <laughs> to us. It's great. Yeah. I still really <laughs> prefer the like gigantic content drop of the Netflix model, but uh, whatever. Yeah. They can do what they want. I'll catch back up on Ted Lasso once the rest of the episodes are out. But anyway, uh, the thing that I was going to talk about as my what's making me happy this week, the true thing that's making me happy, um, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a personal triumph. Um, on a very small scale. And that's the, uh, so you remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I don't remember. I talked about going to that, uh, that, that, um, computer <laughs> sale. Reagan's retro uh, weekend. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. bringing it back. Um, that was a great time. And, um, uh, I pulled out of that old, that place, a bro- two broken computers. Uh, one was a Macintosh LC two and the other was a Macintosh S E F E S E. FDHD, which um, the SEFDHD is, if you remember the classic Macintosh form factor, those original Macs that were like the small little rectangular thing that would sit on your desk that had a little nine inch black and white screen on the front. Um, that's the, uh, the, the SE was like a, a later, like an early 90s model in that same vein. So like little upgraded versus the like actual 1985 original Macintosh, but still, you know, very, uh, very much in that same aesthetic and yeah. functionality. Um, and um, I have had a bit of a journey trying to get that SE working again. So when I first brought it home, you know, I knew it didn't work right. Um, the guy who 
you know, somebody had gone in with a Sharpie and like written on the top of it, like doesn't boot something like that. Um, so I had You're to like, come on, up. you have to use Sharpie. I know. They, they still haven't gotten all of it off. It, it couldn't be a piece me, of tape with. Did, no, yeah. they Sharpied it, man. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, they carved it, in. it into the side. <laughs> At least they didn't do that. At least they didn't do that. Um, it was not clean, but it cleaned up. Okay. Uh, and uh, turned it on and it booted to a checkerboard pattern on the screen. So I'm not a, expert on these things but i you know i knew that wasn't good right it didn't even get to the little like sad floppy disk or whatever um so uh, i knew okay well these things are from the 90s uh capacitor plague i did a little research you know decided okay i'll I'll order a bunch of capacitors on um console5.com great website if you need to order capacitors and um started doing some work on it and this is uh, the first time in months at least that i've done any kind of this sort of soldering work and had a great time doing it Uh, but like the first thing i did was recap the motherboard uh and it made it worse so uh (laughs) uh, it went from booting to a checkerboard pattern which uh all of the guides online that i'd read said like oh you know yes this is a serious problem but it probably will be fixed if you uh recap the motherboard did that and then it booted to a zebra stripe pattern, which I thought, is that an improvement over checkerboard? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, there is a, like, oh, God. Okay. You got uh, no, okay. zebra, zebra stripe pattern. Zebra is pa- yeah, you got zebra, zebra pattern, pattern is much worse. Um, as long as you don't get the dreaded cheetah pattern, that's oh, the man. one you need to avoid. Yeah. Well, so the I was quite discouraged when I got the zebra stripe pattern because when I looked it up, there's, you know, there's 30 years worth of people talking online about like, well, what do you do if your Mac just shows a zebra stripe pattern on the screen when you boot it up? And most of the most of what people said was it's DOA. You, there's nothing you can do. But I'd already ordered all the capacitors for the other parts. And I was talking online to some people about like what, you know, what might be causing this. And I got some hot tips about some troubleshooting. Um, you know, long story short, I did some testing of voltages in various places. And it seemed like um, you know, these things have a power supply that does like five and 12 volt power. And it seemed like 12 volt power wasn't making it to some of the places that it should be. So I decided to, you know, why not, if it's dead, at least this will be soldering practice, throw, you know, redo the solders on uh, this, redo the solder and the, uh, and the capacitors on the analog board, which is one of the other three main components in these things. Um, redid that expecting nothing, plugged it in, Bam, it works. I was yeah, over the moon. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and so uh, in the week since, I've just spent the the time just doing stuff with it. I've, I haven't had a computer like this since the literal 90s, so I had to relearn a little bit about how some of the stuff on them works. Um, the hard drive was completely dead, so I ordered a, a thing called a blue SCSI. These things use SCSI, SCSI hard drives, which are a very old standard, uh, and you can't easily get well, you certainly can't get new SCSI hard drives, and this thing's 20 megabyte hard drive was dead, uh, so I needed to get something new. Um, uh, there's a, a bunch of options for this now, but the cheapest is something called a blue SCSI, which is basically an Arduino on a board with a SCSI connector, and you put it together, and and that was like um, it's $25 kit or 50 bucks if you order them uh, pre-assembled. Um, I ordered it pre-assembled cause I was lazy. Um, but it actually looked like it. So it could have been something I could have easily built myself if I, well, hold on, lazy. hold on. That's a weird version. I wouldn't call it lazy. You just talked about doing a new capacitor on a analog yeah, board. I had just done it. a lot of soldering. I was like, you know, I, this thing, I was like, Oh, I, I you know, I, I want this thing booting as fast as I can now. Yeah. Now I'm impatient. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that lets it boot off of an SD card, which is really neat. 
considering this is an old Mac that like had a 20 uh, megabyte hard drive and now I have a 32 gigabyte SD card in you it. You turn it on, it just explodes. <laughs> yeah, it was too yeah. fast. It was too can, fast. Can literally store every single game that could potentially run on this computer. Um, and just, you know, spent a lot of time dicking around with it, finding old edutainment games that I remember from when I was seven years old, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've been having a lot of Trump, a lot of fun with that. And, um, uh, it's the first one of these that I've done in a while. So um, that was what was making me happy this week was uh, this great success that I was, I, I really, I really wasn't expecting it after I got those zebra stripes, but well, I hope you went fun. and posted it on your forum. So everyone's excited mm-hmm. for you. Um, I'm That's awesome. And it's been fun to watch you just get better and better at this stuff over the years. That said, I realize now, as you've been talking that we're just in the early stages of what will inevitably be, mecca reagan and i'm a little bit worried about what that's gonna look like uh but no that's awesome that's uh that's a real skill i like i understood like 40 percent of what you're talking about and i'm, <laughs> I, I'm excited sorry if that you. was boring radio but well yeah, there capacitor you go. Play. there was a you at one point said capacitor plague which could definitely pique my interest but i don't think we have time for that right now uh, so <laughs> no you, you can't just say that because then then i won't want to talk about the capacitor plague it's a very yeah. interesting topic but no, you're right we'll, maybe yeah, we'll save it yeah well i'll google uh, we'll it save it for another yeah, another yeah, podcast yeah. um thank you listeners for joining <laughs> us on this episode of the short game uh it's been a fun one i don't love doing a negative review but sometimes it's kind of fun to talk about a game that we don't like in the same way that it's fun to talk about a game that we do like it's interesting to talk about why so i hope this wasn't a, a you know i hope this was still an entertaining episode for you folks um and uh thank you for joining us on the show uh you can find our show on the internet www.theshortgame.net or you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash the short game uh, every single one of our patrons gets access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show uh, and plan episodes and uh, chit-chat about things. Patrons at the $5 level, even if you just come in at $5 for one month if you want, uh, we'll get sent some stickers. We get uh, nice short game stickers that are going out to all patrons at the $5 level. We also now uh, do early release of episodes for patrons. So if uh, if you would like to get episodes as much as a few days early, uh, at least a day early, that's all I can really wow. commit to. But a little early, then you can become a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash the short game for all of that fun stuff. Uh, and uh, you can find the show on Twitter at underscore short game. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nate STL. And just a quick shout out to our existing Discord members. It's yep. great. It's great. Thank you to all Thank of you, you all. fine yeah. patrons. Yeah, it's great. We love we love it. Yeah. You all rock. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>